Hello, everybody. We are so excited. We had to start recording because we want to just talk about Marilyn Monroe movies all the time. All the time. Uh, so we did. Two are we movies. introducing ourselves? Oh, I'm Theo Black. And I'm Sarah Black. And we there did we go. two Marilyn Monroe movies. Yes, uh, we're going to start with the with Niagara, which um, is. Uh, this wasn't a big movie week for me. I was a bit out of it for reasons. However, Niagara is definitely a very good movie. Um, and, oh, spoilers for Niagara and any other movie we mention will probably spoil a little bit. So be, yeah. be warned. Um, okay, so Niagara is about a couple who are honeymoon honeymooning at Niagara Falls, I think on the Canadian side. Uh, and while there, they meet another couple played by Marilyn Monroe and Joseph Cotton, who are troubled in their relationship and the fallout that comes from that, which includes a murder. Or two. Or two. <laughs> uh, and I think, I think I did okay there. Yeah, you did okay there. Yeah. I'm getting, um, I'm getting better at this. Interesting to note, I didn't see this until right before we started recording. So we were kind of trying to do chronological order, but according to Wikipedia, her following two films after Niagara were Gentlemen Prefer Blondes and How to Marry a Millionaire. So really, this one goes back earlier in the list. But that's fine because we were kind of clumping them by subject on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were. I thought. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Huh. I didn't realize that. It's fine. We just clumped them together. So this we're going back in time now to before. So which, which actually kind of puts an interesting yeah in on things because you know her character in niagara is so different from these okay. kind of she stupid had... gold digging blondes she would play who had depth and and so on but that at their like sentence level description and yeah. here she is is kind of like a failed gold digging blonde something a little more nuanced low class you know yeah she um, she, she you know it's funny i didn't re realize it but yeah niagara it's Gentlemen for Fur Blonde, How to Marry a Millionaire, and Niagara all came out in the same year. Right. So that's... And this one came out first, and it's kind of her first big star vehicle. Um, and she's not really a dumb blonde in it, as you say, and that is nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was interesting because when we were talking about Don't Bother to Knock, where she's the mentally unstable babysitter, I had mentioned that it's hard, it's hard to have her be unsympathetic. And as I was saying that last time, I was remembering, oh, wait, in Niagara, she plots um, her husband's murder with her lover. Yeah. But she's still sympathetic to it. Like, it's yeah, like, I would say Joseph. So she and Joseph Cotton are this very screwed up couple. Joseph Cotton seems to be suffering um, from being a war veteran. It's like. It could be, briefly. yeah, it could be PTSD, but it, we don't have, a, they didn't have a name for it then, unless we're not doctors, but it's. Yeah, and he and Marilyn Monroe, the characters, they're not well matched. She's younger and sexier and kind In of. battles fatigue? Battle. Battle fatigue? Jill says there's, there's also something called battle fatigue, or it can be called battle fatigue. I thought that fatigue. is PTSD. I think that's what they just used to call oh, it. That's what they used to call it. Hm. Yeah. Didn't know that, um, sorry. But so um i've lost track of where i was um i've ruined it the other couple is played by gene peters and max showalter yes yeah, so um max showalter. i would say that joseph cotton's character comes out better 
than Marilyn Monroe's character in the end because he does uh, save the Polly character. Yeah. Um, but kind of saves her from himself. So at the same time, he kills Marilyn Monroe. So there's a so both of their characters are gray. I would say where they're not just unmitigated evil. They're not. Yeah. You know, Marilyn Monroe seems to be trying to get out of a bad marriage in a yes. bad way but he seems abusive there's something very sad about her in this movie too that i really like that one scene where they are at everyone's at the hotel the rainbow cottages or whatever it's called right. and marilyn monroe comes out in that pink dress and that's got like the cut out on her stomach yeah and she, her lips are just bright red the entire time and plays that uh, song and just kind of slouches on the steps. You know, there's something very sad and tragic about her in that moment. Just a little. Yeah, that I, I, that stuck with me because this is my second time watching this. Yeah, this was my first time watching it, and you know, I would agree that there is something kind of tragic about that moment and about her. Really, both characters are tragic to me. I didn't end with a great feeling of like one is worse or better than the other. Like. Joseph Cotton, like it's, you know, you wonder like who is the, the culprit in their marriage, but it's kind of hard because like certainly Joseph Cotton is like, he seems to be a little bit older than her. He's definitely suffering battle fatigue or something. Mm -hmm. And he's, you know, troubled, but like how much did she contribute to that? How much of it is just the circumstances? People didn't necessarily get a lot of help for that kind of thing in those days. It sort of depended and the, but then in how she responds to it with plans to murder him is like, well, you know, maybe I would have felt completely on her side, except that she's plotting to kill him. So it's like there, there is. She gets a nuance in this. The story has a nuance that I right. like. And she gets a nuance in this that it's not completely missing from the dumb blonde roles. It's just that like those roles are there's kind of she does more of those roles so there isn't really yeah. it doesn't feel like there's as much there well, they're whereas, not very deep the movies aren't very deep this is a movie that's trying to do a little more it feels like i don't know if it's just also because it touches on darker subject matter and we tend to like think of yeah I, murder I feel like, and so on as kind of deeper and more nuanced than getting married we're going to talk about this with bus stop and how the 50s were a weird time for movies and potentially society at large but definitely like Niagara is like technicolor pretty, but like it's re shot really well. And like, it's, it's kind of more, it feels like, you know, we're going to, we'll talk about bus stop, but bus stop is like some aging studio execs idea of, you know, thought of a good idea. Like that's what right. they thought the, a good the, idea. The, the and Niagara is like, more to it almost seems like Ma Niagara is more to like what the truth for some people might have been totally, there's something more yeah totally this the the mood matches the subject matter which is I think a little what we we're talking about with bus stop and some of these other 50s movies and that's yeah. what I was saying about gentlemen prefer blondes where you have Marilyn Monroe singing and dancing while men shoot each other in the heads as right. part of the dance number where it's like takes you a moment to be like and, and that's I really like dark that match of tones but I, i'm not i'm not niagara it, the tone i'm not fits. sure it works story-wise whereas niagara like there is a tragic sad tone to it and it's a sad tragic sad story um i want to point out ray cutler um played by max Walter as the true villain of this film actually since we're talking 
I liked um, Polly. I thought her character was neat. I don't, she's kind of like the no, the no nonsense and, and not really like, she's kind of, She's gonna... fascinated by the Marilyn Monroe, Joseph Cotton characters, but she kind of recognized what she's seeing. I think it's fascinating that in real life she was married to, um, um, I mean, I always mix uh, people up, so let me make sure. She was married to um, Howard Hughes. Right. I wanted to say Howard Hawks because he keeps, he directed two of the films we watched, but no, Howard Hughes, who was definitely an odd character. So to see her in this movie, matched up with such a like square annoying 50s man and to know that in real life the actress was actually like over a decade married to an eccentric rich man is kind of like interesting truth is more interesting than fiction really um but yeah um the the husband character ray is the worst <laughs> he is like he wants to take pictures of her in her bikini he's just like chomping at the bit to show off to his boss and do this and he doesn't believe anything she says and at the end of the movie like she's just stuck with him and it's like here's the true tragedy of the movie is that and then that's the odd you know that is the 50sness of this movie is that you know at the end it's the dorky sexless couple that you know comes out fine while the more interesting screwed up couple is dead <laughs> Yeah, this is this is and this is kind of a part of why I like noirs. And we discussed this the other day where it's like in noirs, you got to do more interesting things sometimes as far as morality and like character work goes. But you have to kill them at the end. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's kind of what's happening in Niagara too. Niagara is it's not I don't know if that people would consider it a noir or not. I don't exactly know how that works. It's in Technicolor, which sort of. I mean, maybe that makes it slightly like a new nouveau noir or something. But Wikipedia is calling it a noir, therefore it must be a noir. But Wikipedia also comments that it's in color when most of them aren't. Yeah. And like there's and see, so like this is a noir to me in that regard, in in like in it has an interesting morality and it gets that interesting morality because it it kills the characters at the end. And I like that. And I didn't quite take away, have the same takeaway that you did about, um, uh, uh, Ray and and but he uh, was Polly. gaslighting so hard. You have to admit that, like, Polly is like, "Hey, these people are screwed up." I keep seeing him, and he's like, "It's all in your imagination, Dame." Like, well, he okay, so so ho- he undercuts her. So hold on, I don't disagree. I just don't know the term. I think gaslighting is when like the person does it on purpose. You're right, right. I've you, I've, missed, I've even seen the movie Gaslighting. It is not I've Gaslighting. Never, oh, really? I've never seen it. Yeah. But, it's, so it's not, ga- it's 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 unintentional gaslighting, which yeah. is, I mean, it means he's not like a complete asshole. It just means that he's, like, to me, I kind of liked both of them, though Polly is definitely the stronger character. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, she's there. She's on camera I mean, as, more. As she has a, more to she's do. She's stronger as a, like, the character isn't a, a stronger written character, but you mean just the the character she plays is a stronger person. I would say both actually yeah. like okay. I think I think Ray he's not underwritten he just literally isn't in the film as much so I yeah. don't know that they could have done as much with yeah, him but like, that's the thing you compare him to like Joseph Cotton's character and you're like oh he's been in the war he's jealous he you got it and with that guy you're like well he's a guy in the 50s 
Well, no, but see, here's here's the thing. He's really into his job. He's interested in climbing the corporate ladder. He cares a lot about his work. He's a dork. He really likes his- Sorry, my cat is trying to to open the door. And if he had thumbs, we'd be in trouble. He's at the doorknob. Sorry. Oh, dear. Chip Chip is an adventurer. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, uh, But no, but so like he's a dork and he like- he, 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 you know, he really loves his wife and like, he's not really a lech, but he's like wants pictures of her in her bikini. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and he's like trying to, to gussy up the boss and like, she's kind of no nonsense and he's kind of goofy. And so I yeah. kind of like that. He doesn't really have as much to do. And I guess it is a tragedy that she ends up with him in the end, though. I'm going to like, well, you think about like motions. there's a whole genre of films and a story. I should say a whole story genre about the misery. I think of like Revolutionary Road um, is the title that comes to mind immediately. I haven't seen it, but, but I, I know, know there's a lot about. of them. I feel like John Cheever's story. Well, no, those are more New York. That's not quite right. But, you know, it's about these people just miserable with their suburban lives. And I feel like, you know, 10 years later, 15 years later, that's that couple. They're not the, the, they're not the people that get to be victorious at the end of the movie. They're the ones that are like quietly dying in their two-car home in a suburb somewhere it's just like the attitude about them and I personally am more for like that's miserable like I wouldn't want to be married to that guy and I don't want to be married to Joseph Cotton because he's a murderer and like I'm not saying like ultimately yes a murderer (laughs) is worse than I was gonna say you gotta recover yourself no 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 ultimately a murderer is worse (laughs) but I don't want to be married to that guy either Roy, I, and and the thing Ray is, or I'm Roy or whatever his name is. Right. I'm not really any different in terms yeah. of like my belief about these things. Like I tend to. Also I'd want to be find... married to Polly the most out of any of these people. Really, God, probably me too. I'd, ma- I'd be married to Marilyn Monroe. I just treat her better. I don't. I wouldn't want to. <laughs> Marilyn is too much for me. <laughs> too, I too broken for you in this movie. Well, not even too broken, but like she's just she she's into fashion and she's into looking beautiful and it's like I'm a. I'm a yeah, I bear no, I look homeless that. sometimes like I'm just like <laughs> true she's, that. yeah like I'm that's I couldn't handle that anyways uh so like I think so yeah so Polly is kind of the more interesting character and I do like how Polly sort of interacts with Marilyn's character like Polly doesn't really look down at Marilyn which mm-hmm. often mm-hmm. happens with her characters even in Gentlemen Prefer Blonde and stuff like see they, they're not like mean about like Howard Hawks is not particularly mean about her character. No. But the other characters definitely look down at her, whereas Polly doesn't seem to really look no, down on I Marilyn. Agree. She's she's she doesn't necessarily like she knows that she's cheating on her husband, but like she doesn't seem to like even that does like that prop that seems to worry her as mm-hmm. like sort of a proper housewife type that she seems to want to be. But like it doesn't she knows there's more going on. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure how intentional that is, but like I really appreciate that there's this like kind of feminine bond between the characters yeah. that I wouldn't normally put in a movie from the 50s by a male director and I'm sure a male writer and all yeah. of that. Um, do you need to go rescue a cat? I need to, hold on, let me mute myself. Oh gosh, she's yelling at, she's yelling at her cat. Not really, I mean, sort of. He's trying kidding. to destroy my screen door. Um, Excellent. But like, there's an interesting femininity between those, feminine bond between those characters that feels a bit, not unique, but just, I wouldn't necessarily pick it out of the 50, a 50s movie by a male director, male writers, all that. So, yeah. 
pausing real quick. Uh, but yeah, so that surprised me a little bit about that movie. But um, no, and she's even it's she actually spends more time with the Joseph Cotton character, and even then, it's like she she's sympathetic to him, but also there is an interesting scene where she starts out um, kind of on his. I don't want to say on his side, but she she starts out very like understanding. And the more he talks, the more she realizes like that this is a, a bigger issue, like that there's more going on. And that, that's the scene where um, he has broken the, after the scene where Marilyn is just gorgeous and sad and tragic as she, she plays that song. Yeah. Joseph Cotton's character hurts his hand breaking the um, record. record. Some of those, those records could be really thick. Um, I'm not surprised. So, she, so uh, Polly, goes to wrap his hand up and he just starts rambling and talking. And I love Joseph Cotton. He is in uh, Citizen Kane and he's in The Third Man. Obviously, he and Orson Welles were friends. Uh, well, not obviously, but because he and Orson Welles were friends. Um, yeah. And I feel like I've seen him in another one or two things I can't remember, but I just always like him when I see him. And he's in it. He's got... And this goes back to me talking about, you know, wanting to see Marilyn Monroe paired with interesting men by which largely i mean characters i I, interestingly written characters i don't want to like be reverse sexist or whatever but you know and the characters we see her with and gentlemen for for blondes and stuff like that are very like they are actually the ray characters is who we tend to see her with but in this she's you know with joseph cotton who is is a more interesting man visually in his way but also his character is, is to me more interesting than yeah yeah totally i totally agree with that well we haven't talked a lot about this because we focused on Marilyn and and the characters but i do want to point out that there are some really neat shots in this yeah the the tower that the murder happens in and the shots of the bells and stuff like that's just some really cool stuff and the way they're doing the lighting it's i feel like because it's Technicolor and it doesn't quite look the same, like Technicolor is a specific look to me. Mm-hmm. And like now we don't, like in some ways I almost wish we still had Technicolor because it sometimes looks better than the stuff we have nowadays. Yeah. But like, I really like the use of shadows and light in this Technicolor movie. Like weirdly it's, it is a noir because it has that look, but it's Technicolor. So I, I just wonder how many movies there are like that. Like um, Big Trouble at uh, Black. Black. Rock. rock yeah um uh is a similar movie where like i think it's technicolor but it's got this kind of grainy gritty look to it it's not quite a noir it's almost more of a western even though it is noir kind of in style like i this technicolor movies are movies that i really well i think you like because you you watch a lot of noir and black and white and those look beautiful i mean there's some some stuff they do with lighting that's stunning you know yeah. where um i think it's a big combo or something it's a, it's a movie that's plot is like not that exciting but the visuals of just there's a woman running down a hallway and it's lit and then it's dark and lit and you just see her figure coming in and out and stuff like that that noirs right. do is really stunning but then it's you know variety is the spice of life right it's it's yeah. interesting to see totally yeah these gorgeous saturated colors while people are getting it makes you think of pinups because pinups are often yeah saturated it makes you think of stuff like that you know it's yeah it's it's almost a little more sexy which is what i was talking about with out of the past last week is like you know 
black and white is very sophisticated and elegant to me. Yeah. But color, you know, color films stuff is more sexual to me. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It definitely, it does have the lighting that's beautiful like noirs do, but it is in color. And, you know, more than uh, the, the asphalt jungle where, you know, mm -hmm. we were just, I mean, we're still mostly in one location in this movie, but yeah. it is not one room. We're just in one location. Mm -hmm. And so like, they really do a lot with that. And Marilyn like is more sexy yeah, in I mean, this than she is in that for sure. Well, and I was talking about um, when we talked about Out of the Past, which is the classic um, black and white style noir, like how there was, I need more sexual tension to explain some of the relationship stuff. And then you look at this and like Marilyn and Monroe is just dripping sex and um sorry a cat almost really it's very exciting here in my place so she's just dripping you know she, she is what i needed for some of those noirs is that yeah. you know and joseph cotton's you know very clearly in her thrall and and wants to possess her and and that to me makes more sense than what i see in those 40s noirs yeah no and i think and we've already yeah yes and yeah. i totally that totally makes sense to me and i think the way this movie plays out, it really, maybe because it's slightly later, you know, than some of the 40s noirs, mm -hmm. there's probably just more sex in noirs from the 50s anyways. Right. Totally, totally. And um, so, so mm -hmm. it really, that is such a part of it in a way that normally annoys me, like in some of the noirs in the 40s and just movies in the 40s and 30s, there'll be all these kind of like male characters who are older with these younger women. And it's all about like them having enough mojo um, to like, you know, do they have enough mojo or virality for this younger woman they're with? Do they have the right sort virility, of sex, I think is virility right. for this, enough sex for this younger woman? And mm -hmm. it, uh, I get so like put off by it because it's like, you are 20 years older than her. Like yeah. you got to deal with the, the, the problems you have <laughs> and stop obsessing over it. If you were that worried about it, find someone who's more your speed. Anyways, I, I get so annoyed by some of that. Yeah. But in this in this particular movie, even though I noticed that and it kind of made me, you know, got me for a second, it really doesn't bother me because it's it kind of makes more sense. Like I can't quite tell how much older Joseph Cotton is than Marilyn Monroe, Monroe either. Mm -hmm. Monroe. Uh, anyways, so it's like it doesn't. Yeah, so it works better in this movie than it does for a lot of the movies that I've seen right. from this era where it's like. Yeah. I get it. You're an older man and she's a younger woman. I don't care anymore. I, yeah. It was kind of, it's occasionally it's interesting and mostly it's not. <laughs> and going back to the filmmaking, the Wikipedia, and I, I, I question this a little bit, but it talks about how this is the longest walk recorded on film is uh, Marilyn Monroe's trying to get away from the Joseph Cotton. And it is, it is mesmerizing. It's a little... Hmm. salacious or gross or whatever that it's it's about a woman trying to escape death and we've turned it into this like ooh you know watch Marilyn's sexy walk for her. yeah <laughs> sexy walk away from her death um the other yeah. thing that you pointed out is that vertigo has some similar oh yeah I've, I'd forgotten that yes no you this get credit I, for that I totally I'm very curious how like if Hitchcock was influenced by it or not because it really seems like yeah, there's a tower, there's a gorgeous blonde, there's yeah. murder, there's... There's troubled uh, male, yeah. there's troubled well, men. I mean, just stories, just, you know, there's a lot of things out in the zeitgeist, I guess I want to say. Yeah, so, I'm wondering if you're, you're about the longest... The, the longest... Movies, yes. 
I was wondering about the longest walk thing. Like, I wonder if a part of it is supposed to be the juxtaposition of like here juxtaposition of this being like, here's sexy Marilyn Monroe and we know what's about to happen to her. And it's sort of trying to like challenge the audience to like not feel, you know, because I didn't quite get wigged out by it, but I sort of mm -hmm. see your point that it is a bit salacious. And it's like, you know, I wonder if, if the attempt was to be like, here's this, you know, beautiful, sexy Marilyn Monroe and she's going to her death and she's still sexy and beautiful and she's going to die. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I wonder. Yeah, no, I don't. It's more, it seems like there's some marketing around it that probably, but within the film itself, I mean. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think we kind of already covered Marilyn, like, I think her acting and I think she gives it a depth. I think she's beautiful yeah. and sad and charming. I, and I still don't quite understand people saying she's a bad actress. She's definitely, you know, she's probably not someone who could play every kind of role because she really does have a breathy quality and it just doesn't lend itself to certain but that's roles. That's like Cary Grant couldn't play every kind of role. I yeah, mean, so like, it's like, I, I mean, if you really value the ability, I think to she play got stuck different. with her her roles being a dumb blonde, and and people started thinking that was her reality, and that. But like, yeah, but this between this and like, um, don't bother to knock. Like, she's really good in both of these. You know, I don't know which I like more, either in terms of the movie itself or the acting that she gives. But like, yeah, she she gives great performances in both. So yeah. and Joseph Cotton in this gives a really good performance too. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's pretty much what I got to say, though. It's it's a good movie. I think so. It's, yeah, it's one of my favorite of the Marilyns. I'm I'm um. It is hard to compare it to Don't Bother to Knock because they're so similar but different. I'm. Yeah. Uh, the only movie le left that we're gonna watch some like in Hop, but I've seen that already. I haven't seen The Misfits, and I'm I'm hoping that is a good one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've I've haven't seen some like in Hop in forever, but yeah, The Misfits too. I'm curious about. I wonder if I get to see her do more nuanced more. stuff like this. <laughs> Yeah. So is it time for your new favorite movie ever, Bus Stop? Uh, it's time for my new favorite movie ever, Bus Stop. Uh, this is definitely not... Thankful that was this definitely movie. That was... This movie is a revelation for you. you yeah. You watched it and you were like texting me your thoughts. Again, spoilers for the entirety of the film Bus Stop from... And any other movie we mentioned. Any movie we mentioned. Do you want to give the um, synopsis? I'm going to let you do this synopsis. Um, a 21-year-old cowboy leaves the ranch and discovers women, and he kidnaps Marilyn Monroe, and she falls in love with him by end. That is the movie. Okay, <laughs> yes. so there's like, so there's two things. This reminds me a little bit of when I saw Showgirls, and that surprised you with so much, so much with how I loved that movie, and Showgirls is great. <laughs> I love Showgirls. <laughs> This is kind of a different thing. It's definitely, I mean, Showgirls is one of, I don't know, it may be one of my favorite movies now. I don't know. But like, this is just like, it's so hard. Like, I think I finally got you to understand why I like noirs and I may have even right. helped you get into noirs a little more, right? Like I right. might've finally like done something there. And it's like- I still have a lower tolerance than you overall, but I'm starting to see the appeal. Yes. yes and like, I, 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 it took a long time, but I kind of got there. And like, this is kind of the same thing, except instead of last week, it's this week. And now it's you getting me into the thing and all well, that. I've, and I talked about it when we talked about Gentlemen Prefer Blondes and The Seven Year Itch and Howard to Marry a Millionaire. I have long, well, not long, but- I, I've been intrigued by movies from the 50s and 60s for a while and was finally able to really realize within the last year or so that it's because they're insane, <laughs> because yes. they're made by a repressive culture that doesn't, that isn't actually repressive anymore. And then yes. the 70s happen and all, all the glitz and glamour get just peeled away and, and pushed away. And instead we get like Midnight Cowboy and 
you know, a taxi driver and yeah, which are movies like I like, but it's <laughs> a different, different fare, very different before, fare. You know, we still have the code in effect, and so you get these very weird movies. And I, I'm you, just gonna you, you listen to me talk about this, but I feel like you never really understood. I never really understood because, like, I'm I would often like I'm just so put off by like the horrible morality of it and like just how awful it is. Well, I remember but so, you like, watched West Side Story, and it was like you had. You you had no idea how to talk about it. Like no, you were like, I just I, don't... <laughs> I had no place of reference really, and I, it could be that I've just watched enough of these movies now. I'm just a little bit older. <laughs> I've seen enough of the earlier movies. I'm just going to cut right to the chase with it. So, at the in the end of the movie, when uh, after uh, Don Murray, who plays Cowboy Man Bo, uh, has been beat up by the bus driver, who is played by I don't. Um, Maybe Arthur O'Connell. I don't know. I'm just going to guess. No, Arthur. No, he is played by Robert Bray. Gets beat up by Robert Bray. And like now he goes and he he's learned humility, humility. And he goes and he apologizes to everyone and has a more thoughtful conversation with Marilyn Monroe or Cherie or Cherry, as he calls her. And like they're about they're getting back together. And like, meanwhile, since the beginning of the movie, I've been like, oh, this is going to be Stockholm Syndrome. And here we are. And we've arrived at Stockholm Syndrome. I I cannot contain myself. I burst into laughter and I just start giggling and giggling and giggling for like five minutes. Like I could not contain myself. I would stop laughing and I'd look at the screen and like try and pay attention. And then I would just start laughing again because it is so insane. And like, I, that was, I think that was like the true moment I realized the morality in like forties and thirties movies is often similarly problematic. Not always, like anything, it depends on the movie and all that, yeah. but there's a lot of movies with troubling and problematic, you know, <laughs> morality. And, you know, it's not a noir where those guys die at the end. So it's not that kind of classical thing. This is like, there's no one murdering and like, and it's like, here's the morality of like, this man is not listening to this woman and yet he's gonna get the girl at the end <laughs> because he's gonna learn humility and become a better person and his reward is her. And it's like that trope, but with it's in Technicolor and it's like, he's yelling and moving around. And I think he got like an, a nomination for his, his role in this or something. And like, meanwhile, she's like just this helpless little girl from the Ozarks and like, he's being nice to her and sweet to her. And that's all she needed was some nice, sweet guy. And that's what and just anyone will do apparently. <laughs> and it's just like, I just couldn't contain it. It's well, just And I think so... that's what you finally, because we were talking about out of the past and that's a black and white noir and all the, and, and I finally hooked into what you liked about them, which is that they have the same kind of like screwed up morality sometimes. Cause in yeah. out of the past, it's like a, a death, a young deaf man murders someone and it is literally unremarked upon in the film. Texturally within the film, no one cares. No one cares. But she kills people, she kills someone and it is the worst. But this is all in black and white and everybody's being serious and it's dark and it's dreary and it's depressing and yeah. it's all crap. Yeah. The 50s, 60s, you have like Marilyn Monroe's character falling in love with the man who kidnaps her and doesn't understand that the world doesn't revolve around him and it is bright and it is cheerful and it is colorful and it has a happy ending. <laughs> you know, the it's noirs like, don't have happy ending. What would the genre happy... for this be? Like rom-com? Like, is this just a rom-com? It, it is a rom-com. I mean, that's what it is, genuinely. It's... And and I mean, <laughs> honestly, watching this, I realized that there is just a long history because I've watched... I. 
last year I went through a fit of rom-com watching and, and I was going to do something with it and I may yet. But part of me was like, what is with these movies? They're so messed up sometimes in, in like how people choose each other and why. And watching this, I realized like, oh, there is a long history of just questionable. But the thing that really gets me about it is that it's bright and cheerful and there's a happy ending. Like, yeah. And in a way, these are like, you think about the bad movies that we like where you're watching something from the 80s or the 90s or, or, or even more recent. And it's usually low budget and, and people are just doing things for no reason that you can understand. And it's just, it's just ridiculous. But these are like made by the studio who's starring Marilyn Monroe or other people, you know, cause I'm not just talking about bus stop. And it's like, these are the highest budget bad movies you'll ever see. Like, yeah, it's a, it's like... a fun hate watch. Yeah. Cause Bo, and, and I have an actual defense for why it doesn't quite work that, that doesn't have to do necessarily with the 50s. But Bo is, the, the other weird thing to me about this, okay, sorry, start over a little bit, is that at its core is a premise that I think is really interesting and something that like, and that's when I talk about like Gigi or Lily um, or even something like West Side Story, there, there's a premise in there that's like, a societal issue to be explored like 21 year old guy like listen to me without like the movie in your head there's a 21 year old guy straight off the ranch like gets a little encouragement that like he's going to need to marry at some point but he really doesn't know many people he falls in love with someone who is completely inappropriate for him she's older she's jaded she's you know had a lot of boyfriends you know and they form this tentative relationship where, you know, eventually, she, you know, he just loves her for who she is. And she comes to, you know, recognize the value of that. Like, that's, that's like, you could do something I'd like more, I'd like a little more than that. But like, that's like a kind of a touching premise. Like, that's a rom-com I might want to see, you know. That yeah. is not what's on screen, though. <laughs> what's on no. screen is this entitled 21-year-old who goes around thinking that he can just tell people what to do. Yeah. At the end, he gets beat up in the snow and has a, a tiny amount of, of character growth. And yeah, Marilyn Monroe becomes his reward. <laughs> like, and it, it's just so funny to me because I, I want to see that premise done better. <laughs> and yet I'm fascinated with where they took it. Well, so I I agree because that was the other thing I had. I thought I had about this was I like, I was like, well, the premise isn't really that bad because like, you often, you sometimes get the reverse of it, you know, a small town girl going to the big city and, you know, finds a yeah. worldly man and, you know, they yeah. figure it out and like, she, she's his prize and it's, it's the worthy, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. I feel like, I don't know how many of these I've seen where it's this way, where it's like the man who's the virginal, like, or, yeah. you know, whatever, and the woman's the world weary one. I'm, I must've seen it somewhere, but, you know, I'm not sure, but somehow like, somehow they take that premise which I feel like today isn't even really done that often and it's like somehow she's still his reward even though normally it would be the other way around where the virginal person is the reward for the person with the troubled yeah. past who's had many boyfriends which is really just for a way of saying a lot of sex <laughs> yeah um and so it's like I was like gosh that could be interesting. You want to see the 70s version of it, right? I you do want, want to see, see the 70s version Like, it of makes it. you think of Clute. It makes me think of Clute. Clute is almost, Clute I mean, is... it's a completely different plot, but it's- Yeah, but it's, Donald no, Donald that's, Donald you're right. That's one of the ones where- A little more 
naive and innocent. He he has a strength to him though. And, you know, the Jane Fonda character is, you know, a little worldlier and jaded and cynical and, and so on. Yeah. Um, but that says absolutely not what you get in bus stop. And, and, you know, with our modern understanding of, of toxic masculinity, I mean, Bo is just like, he doesn't understand that other people have feelings, but there's, Gosh, there's still so... some humor to it. Like, I love when he drags her sleeping, like they could, they could do it as a comedy still even and I, I could enjoy it I loved it when he dragged her sleeping out to the rodeo and she's up on his shoulders talking to her friend about like I literally have no idea what's going on here like yeah he's I'm I'm half asleep and so I'm like that was funny to me but you can't do it with Bo's character that no Bo's you can't thing. there's his character there's... has to be less horrible <laughs> like you could you might have been able to get away with like a comedy version of this more or less adapted like maybe in the 90s or early 2000s but not in the 2010s like you have to change it the way he is is cute and harmless yeah the 50s think the way we think we're like oh no this guy you know no this is everything that's wrong with the world (laughs) yeah but I still think you could you could do something, but there would have to be like a core of sweetness or kindness. He'd have to be more genuine. Bo's just a, 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 a too much, too yeah, much. He, he's 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 like he he he's he's literally he's a dub abducts her. Like he's he's an, yeah. he's I know is he an egomaniac? Like I don't know. Yeah. Like he's just yeah. Her character would have to have more agency. So before we talk about Marilyn, I do want to slightly defend the not Bo because Bo is indefensible but the movie so did you notice Theo that this is also has one of your least favorite qualities to it in that it was based on a play uh, I saw that afterwards and, and it makes sense entirely at the bus stop which is why it's called bus stop because um, right. someone wanted to get into a fight with me about why a movie had such a weird name like bus stop and it's like well it's based on a play that takes place entirely at a bus stop I suspect that that last 20 minutes is kind of the bulk of the play. So all of his character development is in those last 20 minutes because a lot of the other stuff, the whole him going to Phoenix, the, the rodeo, there is no character development. He is one note throughout that entire thing until the fight so I can almost see the play in my mind where you just have these people arriving at the bus stop. He goes through this character growth, which in this play happens way earlier because it starts way later in the story. And then, you know, I, I, th- I think if, again, Bo is indefensible, but I think if he'd had character growth way earlier in the movie, that would have made... <laughs> but i mean it's still it's it's still it's still fun i think i think that's not happening in the this universe so i what you're saying makes complete sense and i could totally believe it was that way you know we we haven't seen the play or read it or anything so who knows but like that makes sense but it's still no his character is still from the beginning you just want to you want him to get out and get hit by the bus yeah like run I, over by it I, I i sent you a text i think that specifically said i want him to get hit by a truck and then maybe they'll be like like he'll maybe he'll get dented by it or something yeah, he's but, just so annoying whoa like intensely 
But okay, so are you ready to talk about Marilyn specifically? I do. I have a thought, but you can go first. I just want to mention that this, it's her production company that made this. So this was really, she wanted this role. And this role is not a gold digging blonde. It's a blonde who wants to go to Los Angeles and and have a career and gives it up to go be with this blowhard 21 year old cowboy. Um, But, but imagining that she doesn't see this movie the way we do um yeah you know it's about this woman who's been through a lot who has these dreams but then she meets a man who loves her just for who she is and if we ignore the fact that that man is possibly the worst person on the planet like (laughs) there's something kind of like i'm probably you know it, it i could read too much into it because she could easily just have wanted a role where she was a little bit dirtier, a little bit grittier, a little bit more going back to like the Niagara don't bother to not kind of roles. Yeah. But even, yeah, just something different, um, but in the same world as what she tends to do. But at the same time, I want to read something into her playing a woman who gets loved. Who Because the one thing about Bo is he never wants her to change except to agree to marry like the thing he wants to change is her mind about him yes. he doesn't he doesn't push her to dress differently or you know like the, the one semi-redeeming thing he does early on is that he makes the other men respect her and pay attention to her yeah and so i'm reading way too much into it um you are because also you could you could easily flip it and say like well he doesn't want her to have a career he wants her to come live on the farm and raise his children and work on right the farm. right for sure but it's an interesting role choice i think there's something interesting about i, I don't disagree i actually was thinking the same thing when you told me you know while i was watching it that this she had cho- she essentially chose this i had two thoughts the first one was like God, if this is what she thought was interesting and wanted to choose, there must not have been a lot out there for her, which yeah. is probably true. But on top of that, I think you're right that there is something to like, having listened to, you must remember this, the first two episodes, I need to watch the third one before we record next week, next weekend. Um, I listened to it, but I fell asleep. So I like fell asleep for, um, uh, I fell asleep while she was, I forget what part she was oh i fell asleep while she was working on the misfits and woke up when she was dead i was like oh gotta go back i missed missed her singing drunkenly to john f kennedy anyway excellent uh but no like and like i get the you know from that i kind of know that you know like anything her persona took over and she kind of wasn't really into that and she didn't really know it seems like from what i remember um the third it's mostly the third episode not the first two but like where it's like she kind of didn't she wasn't really sure how to get out of it. Like, right. you know, maybe eventually the way she gets the persona out of it. The persona of the dumb blonde. Yeah, the persona did. of the dumb blonde. And even just the movie star thing and people thinking she's so beautiful, like she may, may her way of getting out of it may have been to kill herself, you know, which mm-hmm. is really dark. But that is sometimes how people, you know, they, they find a, perf- a permanent solution for something when it really doesn't right. need that kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's more nuanced than that, but we'll, we'll deal with it's, that. It's more nuanced than that, but like that may be a part we'll of it. We'll talk about her death with the misfits, probably. Probably, but like this, as as a lead up to that you know thought that i have uh, like this might be like well she is kind of trying to break out of the dumb blonde role you know she's mm-hmm. dirty she's has sex with a lot of men you know she's 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 there for the the pleasure of men 
like she is kind of in her other movies, but like it's dirty and it's not really glamorous like it is mm -hmm. in Gentleman for Blonde or How to Marry mm -hmm. a Millionaire. And that I think gives like her performance in this is enjoyable and she's good in it. It's not necessarily any better than Gentleman from Blondes or How to Marry a Millionaire or The Seven Year Itch. It's kind mm -hmm. of in the same vein as those where there mm -hmm. isn't quite enough nuance to the character for comic actress. I think her timing, again, her being on his shoulders, like dealing with this crazy person who's abducting her, I think she is pretty good, but it's not a role that really demands a lot. No, the, it like it's her comic. She's a good comedic actress, but there just isn't nuance necessarily. But there's also that tonal disparity because it, it seems that the whole bit where it's like she feels unworthy to him, it feels really like tacked yeah, on at the end. On, yeah, you, don't, you don't feel any of that towards towards the beginning you're just like who feels unworthy towards this guy i mean like yeah completely no and, and and so like she gets to do something more here than the other i would call them her mid-tier movies where she in terms of not in terms of quality but in terms of like how much depth there might be to her character at least as far as i can tell mm -hmm. so like i appreciate that like this was what she wanted to do in trying to break out of that role and a part of it may be that she still wanted to be sexy and you know whether as a as a person or as as a kid like as a persona she wanted to be sexy and appealing to people but get to do other things than just try to marry a millionaire in one of three or four yeah. different movies you know i fantasize about the 70s version of this she um he takes that money he won from the rodeo and uses it to go with her to Los Angeles and bankroll her career. Like, that's my, that's how yeah. I want it. Like, he, 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 you know, finances her yeah. career or something. Like, that would be, that would have been like a fun subversive ending, but that was never going to happen. It's so rare. I mean, even today, it's pretty yeah. rare to see that kind of stuff. In fact, yeah. I'm, here's a, uh, so I'm about to talk about Friday Night Lights, and there's a spoiler with this. It's a TV show, but the season, I think there's like four seasons, and at the end of that fourth season, like here, he's a football coach and she's been working in academia and she gets a really good job at a college and he moves for her yeah. to a different place. And it's like, oh, that was mildly subversive, you know, <laughs> yeah. as far as things go. And it, it was, I mean, like that, I'm, I'm yeah. trying to think of another time and it's like, I'm sure it's happened, but it's just not that, like, I guess um, that rom-com we didn't like very much with Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen. Um, she yeah. plays the president. First, yeah, I forget what the... Yeah, I don't know. I'll look it up. Yeah, like I forget the name of it, but like that's technically the same thing. But like at that point, there's too many other problems with the movie. So yeah, so long I shot. like the long shot. Yeah, so like I appreciate that like even now that doesn't happen very much, but you're right. I would like to see the 70s version of that because like this isn't I'm like not sure that would have even happened in the 70s version, to be honest, but I'm just, uh, you know, the alternate reality version. This makes me think of CoverGirl, where like CoverGirl just makes me sad and depressed. Like <laughs> yes. this is a little bit later, I think, than CoverGirl. It's not too different in terms well, in of- Well, in CoverGirl, she's already with, um, Rita Hayworth's character is already with Gene, Gene Kelly's Kelly. parent. And yeah, yeah, the fact that she's getting opportunities is just a massive threat to him and- yeah. Whereas like here, there isn't as much an idea of like, yeah. she didn't necessarily, I mean, she wanted to go to Los Angeles, but she seems more willing and happy. Whereas, I mean, it's still, it's because of how like, colorful yeah. it, I don't know, it's it's the same and thing, but it doesn't come off. Of mixing a, a, a movie with a, a play didn't create some weird, yeah. some weird, you know, I've seen a lot of, I think we talked about it in something recently where you adapt a book to a movie and because you need to change a few things, 
but you don't change other things, some of the internal logic gets a little lost. Bit yeah. Up. So yeah, well, it definitely feels like. Oh, that reminds me. We didn't talk about it when we were talking about um, Niagara, but like, I don't understand how we knew to play that song from the bell tower at a certain time for Marilyn's character, unless I, I you know. somehow know. Anyways, that logic didn't make sense. Also, that makes me think about in this movie, there's a couple of really humorous continuity errors. Like somebody puts a sweat jacket on, like our, our bus driver in that end scene, like the, the, the great grace of grace designer puts mm -hmm. the jacket on for him or the shirt. And like, it's very obvious it's center frame. And in the very next shot, he's putting it on again. Yeah. Like completely like yeah. no continuity. Like, I, totally it was hilarious. I had a hilarious thought because he was like laying, they have a whole, well, um, Bo comes in to apologize and yeah. the, the bus driver is asleep and he's supposed to apologize to him. But Virgil's like, no, wait, you can apologize later. But I was like, he's dead. The bus driver's dead. He died from his injuries in the night. And he just like, of course he wasn't. I mean, oh my God, this movie. I'm not, now I'm suddenly remembering the part where Vir Virgil is like, I don't need to go with you anymore. You found someone else. Yeah, <laughs> like this was his duty to find this man a wife. Like what is... What like, is the, the you do all the ranch work completely on your own now? Like it just it's so it's so silly. Anyway, just spur of the I'm moment so decisions that you have discovered the wonder that is the happy happy story of just Stockholm not... syndrome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I've I've discovered it. I I can't recommend like again like sometimes we talk about if we would recommend this to people and it's like I'm even just thinking like who would I tell to watch this like this is so such a I tell people who like Gigi or Lily or West Side Story or Gypsy or any of the things from that era where it's like West Side Story someone could... showing like showing you lights and colors and being like look it's happy and you're like but it's like a dying puppy like no yeah. and they're like no it's singing <laughs> West Side Story like transcends this a little bit because like too many people like that movie and it doesn't fully make sense to me but it is kind of in that same genre but a lot like, of these movies made money these are not unsuccessful movies but west side like, story is still famous and popular whereas like bus stop is not a movie that i think anyone will know necessarily like i think people know a bus stop it's not to the level of west side story i agree yeah, but it's, it's not like like i was looking up um how was i looking up don murray i was looking up someone and i i just couldn't like they'd been in a ton of films and none of the names were that familiar to me. Right. I, I think Bus Stop people know about some, somewhat. Maybe so. I, I mean, it's Marilyn a Marilyn movie. Yeah, she's been in more movies than we're covering. And I think this is one of her more famous ones, yeah, but not I as mean, famous as Gentleman from Vermont. Yeah, no, I, I get it. This is, this was, we, I mean, we've, we finally, you know, we've, you found ground on the noirs. I found ground in weirdo 50 stuff. I think we're, we're, we're coming to, you we're, know, getting, we're getting we're evolving as people. we're evolving is yeah somehow <laughs> yeah uh so should we do a quick roundup sure you go first yeah i don't really have a lot because i didn't watch a lot this this week i just kind of wasn't into it we had a really busy week at work and uh, anyways so i watched uh other than um the the movies we talked about i watched Ghidorah, the three-headed monster which was the next in the godzilla movies yeah. um this movie features godzilla and rodan laughing at each other at one point uh, um because that is the level of goofy we're at i think this was the one where it was like weirdly was it this or the the one before this no because right before this was mothra versus godzilla anyways i think this is one watching Ghidorah where i'm like 
there's more plot and structure to it. And it kind of makes more sense. Like why we're, I mean, if you ignore the complete, like, you know, giant monsters, like this makes sense as far as like how things are put together, but it's weirdly less interesting. Cause like, I kind of appreciated the goofy, like, and now we're here and now we're here. And why are we here? Who cares? We're here yeah. as, whereas like, like, the, the story was too well put together. So like, and you eventually get to the fun, like monsters laughing at each other and fighting. And like, that's really why you're here to watch a monster movie right. is like to sort of pay attention to the stuff leading up to it, depending on how good or bad it's written. But mostly you're here just to watch men in rubber suits punch each other. And so it's like, I don't know, it was it was fun. And the Ghidorah, Ghidorah monster design is pretty cool. But I also rewatched Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. We got a copy, a Blu-ray copy for ourselves, or I, I bought it for my girlfriend for her birthday. Um, but of course, I like it too, and we watched it, and that movie is fantastic. It's a really and good movie. It's, it's a really, really good interesting movie. animation because I am very cynical. Yeah, about it's, it's just animation. Just one of just so good. One of the exciting. best movies recently. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. And then I started Invasion of Astro Monster, which is the next Godzilla movie after Ghidorah, but I was falling asleep while I was watching it. So I will finish it probably today and report on it next week. And that's kind of what I've done. I've watched a little bit of more Stargate, which again, I like Stargate and that's kind of it. I'm not, I wasn't in a mood for, for stuff so much this week. Yeah. And we missed our Monday lighthearted movie. Which we'll yeah, we week. did. I think we'll, we'll do that we'll... this week Yeah, or tomorrow. Um, I didn't watch much. I watched Gigi, which we're going to talk about next week. When you watch it, um, I finished one of the 60 episode long weekend dramas, Life is Beautiful. I think I talked about this some last week, so I don't want to go into it too much. But I started a daily drama, which is like 133 episodes, but they're half hour long. So they're, it's basically the same as the weekend drama, which is like 61 hour episodes. And it just, it's amazing to me, like someone moves in someone gets accidentally pregnant like it's this it's just stunning to me how it really this like just the exact same tropes but in a completely different story the, the one ugly alert is about a, a man um returning to society after being in prison for 10 years um and returning to his family and stuff like that uh father is strange is about a an actor moving in with his estranged family um who like work at a restaurant and so on uh life is beautiful it's just a family on jeju island it has the distinction i mean it has the chable mother-in-law even like um like they're, they're just completely different but still someone has a baby unexpectedly <laughs> someone moves in da 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 bitchy chable mom like just over it's just I, I love seeing the way the pieces get moved around and the meaning changes de depending on how you move it. And so anyway, but at, at 60 hours, you know, I get through them a little slower. Yes, that takes a while to get through. I mean, yeah. Stargate has, I, there's 10 seasons of Stargate and they're 44 minute episodes. So it's taken us quite a long time to get through it. Well, and that's, um, I was telling you, there's something Tarantino-like about these 60 episode ones too and that they have endings like there, there is an ending that they're getting to like the 12 to 20 episode series like there, there is an ending that they're getting to and they just drag it out which I like because I like being tortured you know like I played Dark Souls and stuff where it's just like endless suffering and and you're just like 
episode by episode, like watching it move a centimeter towards that goal, a centimeter towards that goal, a centimeter towards that goal. And it's just, um, I enjoy that aspect of it where, yeah. And then the Tarantino aspect is like, you knowing all this information, like, you know, that the guy she's in love with and the guy who's in love with her, who she's talking about, the guy she's in love with are brothers, but she doesn't know and they don't know. So you're like watching like as people like get closer to figuring that out and you're just waiting for the moment. Like I'm episode like 59 or whatever and I'm waiting for the stepmom to realize that the stepdaughter's boyfriend is her ex. And I have, you know, we've been waiting since episode five for that. And it's just kind of like, you know, but, it, but Tarantino has that quality where you have like 10, 10 people who are yeah. all involved in a thing and don't necessarily, some of them know each other, some of them don't. And like the climax is everybody, is everybody coming together and, and this big thing happening. And that's not going to be the climax of this 133 episode show, but there's still a lot of just play, uh, narrative pleasure in like watching those people move around and this person discover that person and then that. So anyway. Yes. I, I got. It's, you you are deep. Hours. Deep into it you are. You can do it. Uh, so, uh, what are we going to watch? Uh, so tomorrow we're going to watch Merrily We Go to Hell, which yeah. I think we said last time, but we really mean it this time. <laughs> For real um, this time. I'm going to watch Gigi because we're going to talk about it, um, next, next yeah. weekend. And theoretically, uh, I'm, I might challenge myself to watch Lily as well as, as Gigi. It's not we'll a long see. movie. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to finish. I mean, it definitely I, falls way into the pit of like interesting premise. What are we doing? What's <laughs> happening? Why? Is, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, um, I'm. I'm kind. Of, I mean, hey, I liked Bus Stop ultimately, so we're we're gonna we're getting somewhere. Um, I'm probably gonna. Fin I'm gonna finish Invasion of the Astro Invasion of Astro Monster. There's Noza. I don't know why. Um, and <laughs> well, you're uh, an you're an Angelina. You're a SoCal person, so it's the yeah, 405. The 405. But, yeah. So there you go. You like those. Um, I probably will try to catch a few of the movies leaving Criterion. Like I want to watch Mildred Pierce and I still haven't done that. And I mean, we have an extra day off and I did a lot, we did a bunch of cleaning this weekend, so I won't have to do it next weekend. So with any luck, we'll get some more movies done next weekend. Yeah, but... get an extra day off. Am I missing? Oh, well, we, it... it's, it's Thanksgiving this week. <laughs> That's right. It, we live in an alternate reality now. Okay. We do. So, I mean, one of those days I'm going to be busy with other stuff, but mm -hmm. the, the other day I'll have time to watch movies. But um, 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 we're going to watch, uh, hopefully I can watch Mildred Pearson. There's this movie about, um, it's like Rumble or something it's called, the, the, the something, the Indian musicians of so, uh, something. It, but it's about like rock, rock stars who came from India. So and I, we're also going to watch uh, Some Like It Hot and The, the Misfits. Misfits. As yeah, the last which of we, our Maryland movies. Yeah, we're going to watch those as the last of our Maryland movies. And through this week, we will figure out what we're going to do next month. And we'll tell you about it on our next episode. Um, but I think that's kind of my plans for what I'm going to watch. What about you? Uh, well, I've got uh, 60 episodes to get through of the thing. I'm not sure if I'm in the mood for much in the way movie-wise. We'll see. Yeah, no besides, besides what we're already watching. Yeah. I mean, and you have nothing from me this week, but next week, hopefully I'll have something to give you. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. 
take it easy. Have a good Thanksgiving holiday time. Please be safe and please be safe in these weird and trying times we live in. Bye. Bye.